Hello, friends, and welcome to the Cedarville Stories podcast. In 2019, Cedarville University alumna Mandy Young was promoted to program director for the National Air One Radio Network. She is the first female program director for Air One Radio since its beginning in 1986. Air One is a 270-station network that reaches more than 6 million listeners in 44 states. And it is the sister station to Caleb. Mandy desires to inspire other women in broadcasting to lead in their careers. Enjoy this fun conversation with 2000 alumna Mandy Young and your host, Mark Weinstein. Thank you, Sarah, and welcome back to another episode of the Cedarville Stories podcast. I am Mark Weinstein, and as host of the program, it's my honor to share with you the life stories of some of Cedarville's legends in recent weeks. Mandy Young, the program director for K-Love and Air One, joins me today on the program. Mandy was promoted to her current role last October, and in this role, she has the responsibility of leading what gets aired on both networks. That's an exciting but a very challenging responsibility that we will discuss later in the podcast. With that said, let me welcome to the Cedarville Stories podcast, Mandy Young. It's good to see you, Mandy. Hi, thank you. Good to be here. It's great to really officially meet you for the first time. And as I was preparing for this program, I had an interesting thought that maybe per se that the tables are somewhat turned on you as I'm not actually the one who always asks questions. I mean, maybe it's your job to ask questions or has been your job. What's it like to have the, the tables turned on you that you get the questions asked of you? It's weird, but I love it because one of my least favorite thing to do is interview people. I think I'm horrible at it. And I've been in radio for 20 some years now, 21 years. And it is uh, is my least favorite thing to do. I get very nervous. So I totally empathize with you. <laughs> I get where you're at. And I'm glad I don't have to do it today. Yeah, I get nervous too, uh, <laughs> leading up to, the, to each podcast. But I have to say, uh, once I get into it and uh, there's somewhat of a connection, hopefully, yeah. with the guests. Uh, it just it just flows. So, uh, yeah. and I know that uh, you're going to make it easy. So <laughs> I'm going to try. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I want to I want to uh, dive in uh, initially a little more on the personal side than the professional, if yeah. you don't mind. And I'd like to go back to a time in your personal life where uh, Air One ministered to you as you listened to the song "Hard Love." Uh, by Need to Breathe while you were sitting in your car at a grocery store <laughs> parking lot. You remember that time? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, what was going on with you? <laughs> I wear my emotions on my on my sleeve a lot. And I am someone who also is not above having a song kind of reach through the radio and grab me by the neck or the heart or wherever. I always call it like yep. a good gut punch. I've never yep. been punched in the gut. I don't think I want to, but it's that feeling of like, oh, I needed that right at that, that moment. Um, and I remember as soon as you said that, I remember being in that grocery store. Um, it was my least favorite grocery store. I was at, it was at night. <laughs> I didn't want to go. And I just remember that moment of almost, almost hearing that song and going, okay, just hang on, like, get out of the, get out of the car, go get your groceries. Like you can do this. And for me being in radio, as long as I have, I feel like it's my job to pour out encouragement to other people, to tell them about Jesus, to bring them closer to him, to lift them up. Yep. And 
in that moment, I knew what it felt like to be filled up just enough, not enough to like all your problems magically disappear, but just enough to be able to get in and go to the grocery store. And that's what I needed in that moment. And those moments, and I have them frequently, I'll tell you sometime about crying uh, on the side of the road to a switchfoot song, but like I have those moments and what it's, what keeps me doing what I'm doing, because I know if it can work for me, that it's going to work for other people. And that's God using God using music and the radio and the people talking on the radio to bring them closer to him. Uh, I want to stay on the uh, personal side a little bit before I transition to the radio. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I ask our guests many times, maybe all the time, uh, to share their spiritual uh, journey, like when you came to meet Jesus and how's the journey been for you? So could you share with us, with us your testimony? Sure. I actually uh, got saved the same night that my dad got saved. <laughs> And, um, I was five years old. I don't have a lot of memories. I don't like, I don't even remember what I had for dinner yesterday, but this, I remember (laughs) very clearly. Um, my mom got saved. My mom, one of the beautiful things about my mom is she's always been on a journey. Like I, she just has been, and she is not afraid to share that with others. So once she found Jesus, she enrolled me in a Baptist, uh, school in Ohio. We, We, I grew up near Cleveland and, um, I was in kindergarten and my dad kind of just let her, let her do that. He didn't put up a fight, but then I remember the pastor coming to our house one night and I watched, I came around the corner, um, into the living room and I watched my dad accepting Jesus. And I went back into my room and wanted to do the same, wanted to do the same thing. Now I was only five, almost six. I was in kindergarten, but I remember that. Um, and then over those years, like very formative years. I told my mom, my mom kind of helped me with it, you know, and then, and then, um, spent a lot of my formative years in a Christian school up until I was in, in high school when we moved to, to Minnesota. And those were really formative years for my, my spiritual life and my walk and watching my dad and myself kind of fall in love with Jesus at the same time was pretty cool to be a part of. Um, but one thing that I have really learned in the past several years. So obviously I went to a a public high school and, um, and then never knew anything about Cedarville, except that some of my teachers went there and I thought I wanted to be a teacher. So I, uh, (laughs) came to Cedarville and didn't, that didn't end up well. Uh, I didn't become a teacher, but, um, but again, really honed my growth as spiritually at Cedarville. And then, um, and along the way, I've had some struggles and I'll be on, I'll be honest, even though I've never been outside of either a church or ministry or a Christian school, but I've struggled with my faith and particularly marrying, um, marrying a black man, which is something that I, mm-hmm. I did 20 years ago. And, um, he, I led him to the Lord and watching that and watching some of the, the struggles that we've had trying to find our way in church where we both felt accepted, um, has been, has been a struggle and it's kind of put me through, I just accepted everything I knew from the time I was little. Um, and we both had such different backgrounds. And so I actually am thankful for that because that has brought me closer to God and realizing that there are some things that people can hurt you, you know, churches can hurt you sometimes God never will. And that helps you have the grace, uh, to love those people and love those churches that may have hurt you. It gives you the grace to do that. So it's been a very interesting journey, um, because although I've always been in ministry, I, there's been times when I've been far from God and I will admit, I've admitted that. Um, and, 
I feel like now, especially as I've entered my forties, like I am, I am in a relationship with God that I've always wanted to be in. And it's just taken me a a long time to get there. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. (laughs) What's, what, what's the relationship like now with your dad? Uh, you know, from the spiritual side, uh, my dad taught me a lot because my mom, my mom really led in those formative years. My mom yeah. led, right. It's my dad was a new right. Christian and I had to do the same thing with my husband because I, I'd been a Christian my whole life. My husband had gone to church, but never really knew a relationship with Jesus. And so when, when he did that, I also had to, to lead. And that was, that was hard, but what, but what happened with my dad also happened with my husband of like, you know, kind of things turning, turning around. And that was, um, my dad is a very quiet man. I, his five, six children, including myself, we talk way more than he ever will. Um, so he's somewhat like the quiet one that sits back and listens, but, um, he is, he has wisdom that I still go to the fountain on when it comes to him and spiritual matters and life matters. He's just a fountain of wisdom for that. And I, I'm grateful for that. Let's, let's move into the radio side. How, um, how did you first get interested in radio? I'm going to tell you the story and it's embarrassing, but I'm going to tell you the story because it does involve Cedarville. Um, I had no interest to ever be on the radio at all, except for the fact that my brothers and sisters and I would make tapes where we had like a radio station, you know, like dating myself um, with, (laughs) you know, the tape recorder. And so I loved radio, like theater as a kid. Um, I loved listening to stories on the radio. That was always big, for, but never in my wildest dreams that I think I would actually go into in a career. I, I mentioned earlier that I went to, um, went to Cedarville for, for teaching and for, for right. music um, and very quickly realized like, whoops, I am not meant to be a teacher. And I wish someone in my life would have said, you're not going to be good at that. Um, <laughs> you can't do that. Uh, so I, this is embarrassing. Uh, Cedarville at the time had like the, the course note like handbooks, you know, you could look through and see what the courses were. And in the back, it always had how many men and women were in each major. Um, I don't know if you remember that, but I, I looked in the back and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go to the major with the most boys. This is so embarrassing. Uh, there were two, there were engineering, which that wasn't going to happen. And there was broadcasting. (laughs) I never got one date out of this, by the way, but, um, I took a sports broadcasting class with Dr. Phipps. There were four of us in the class. I was the only female and I fell in love with it instantly from the first time I took the class. Um, I don't think I was ever going to be a good sports broadcaster. In fact, I remember Dr. Phipps even lovingly telling me like, "Mm -mm." but, um, I did get into broadcasting at that point and I was, I was sold, um, selling my parents on it was another thing. They were like, "Mm, I don't know about that, but, um, but it just, my love of radio developed from there on out. So, um, yeah, I can't imagine ever doing anything else, especially not teaching. I wasn't made to do that. (laughs) I wasn't made to do that at all. I married a guy who's a great teacher. Um, and I'm the broadcaster. That's great. So you've been on air and you're in leadership as well now. Yes. Uh, do, do you have a preference? Do you like, uh, you probably like both of them, but uh, do you have a preference? My story is one of running from running from God and running from the things that 
I think I was meant to do. And I don't know why. I think it's the control yeah. thing of like, I know what's best. Um, I don't. And uh, James, Mr. Leitenheimer, um uh, encourage me all the time to go into on air. And I just said, no, I like, I like off air stuff. I like promotions. I was horrible at promotions. Um, but I just wanted to do it because I thought I knew best. And is when God got a hold of me, he's like, nope, nope. On air is where you fit. I really loved it. I never once thought about leadership or that I could be in this, in this level of leadership that I'm in. And again, thought, oh no, I can't do that. That's not for me, but God made it so easy that if I didn't walk through the door, it was, you know, it was just insane. I had no idea that I was ever going to be at the position I'm at now, but I love leadership. And mostly because I love the people that I'm, that I'm, yeah. leading. um, yeah. I've done their job. I do their job still every day. So I know what yeah. that is. And I just want to help them be better and equip them to be the best that they can. And so yeah. that's why it fits for me. And so it's honestly, a, it's a draw. I enjoy both. Yeah. Yeah. In a minute, I want to talk about leadership uh, per se, but um, you just mentioned Jim Leitenheimer, and I was going to talk about him later in the in the program. So uh, I, I suspect he had a big influence on you uh, professionally. Who else um, has played a key role in your uh, professional success? It's funny. A lot of them have Cedarville connections. My current boss is a, a Cedarville alum, um, yeah. Jim Hauser, and and, and yeah. he is um, he is someone who has believed in me. And when I didn't believe in myself and there's been a lot of those cases, Mr. Leitenheimer is one of those. And, um, there's, there's several others that said, no, no, you can do this. Um, yeah. because I didn't believe in myself. So those are two right off the bat, but I've had, uh, a couple of people in my radio years that are just, that would just pour into me. Um, I, I ended up taking a, an internship right out of college and ended up staying there at a radio station in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan for 10 years, uh, almost 10 years. And the people there became my family because I, right. I left mine and I left the safety of college and they became my family and they, they pushed me to do better things. And I'm super grateful for them. And, and I have five amazing ex co-hosts, which Spending time in a room with anybody for six hours is a lot. Um, and spending in a room in, with like five different dudes, which is essentially what you do when you do morning radio, you're in a room with them for five hours. Um, right. You see the good and the bad, they all become your brothers. And I talk to every single one of them still to this day. And that's, that's a blessing. I'm surprised they're not sick of me. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm happy about that. Well, you, you speak about to me, the reson uh, the importance of, um, just connection, uh, relationships with people. Really, that's what that's what life's about: is uh, the word of God and relationships. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, you seem to be doing that well. Um, again, just a minute ago, you mentioned uh, Jim Hauser. Ironically, uh, my next question really uh, <laughs> deals with something that he had to say, and uh, and it, it, it takes us down the path of the importance of developing confidence, confidence in our abilities. Mm -hmm. I think it, I think that's a key trait in effective leaders. Um, as as you said, uh, your current boss uh, Jim Hauser, he had to give you a jolt of confidence uh, when he said, and let me quote it: "I was privileged to speak with an extensive group of highly qualified candidates to lead Caleb. I was on the hunt for a program director with passion for the gospel, an excitement for the challenge, and an ear for hits, imaging, and air talent. I mm -hmm. spoke with people all over the country, and the right choice." was in our building the whole time. And that was you, Mandy. Uh, mm -hmm. When you heard Jim 
say those words, what level of confidence, what did that mean to you as you heard that? There's a, a bit of a, a story there in the fact that I turned him down twice for that job. Did you really? I did because I didn't feel like, again, this is, God's eventually going to like teach me. I, I feel like I have to keep learning this lesson. Like, Hey, trust the things I have for you. But I turned him down going, no, no, no. I don't want to leave air one. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm ready to do Caleb. I've never really, I've always considered myself like an alternative type. Like air one was always something different than the mainstream. Um, I just, I don't think that'll, that'll fit for me. And, and I don't think I'd be good at it. And, um, and so to hear that belief, I'm always, somebody said this about me once, and I don't know if you can relate to this or anybody can. Um, they said, Mandy wakes up every day in a garbage can and she has to do what she can to try to get herself out. Um, and that's how nobody should ever feel that way. I, Jim has given me a gift. That was a gift. Several other people, I have a, a leadership coach that I rely on that has also given me a gift of like, no, 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 your worth is not in what you do. Your worth is not in your accolades or your awards. Your worth is in who you are in Jesus. And, yep. and that has given me the freedom to be what I need to be. And Jim isn't like anybody could take a lesson from Jim on how to love on people. Well, Jim calls me a unicorn. I don't feel like I deserve that, but he does. He sends me, he sends me stuffed unicorns <laughs> in the mail. Uh, he sent, you know, he's just. He's a, he's a great encourager, and that is something that a lot of us need. Well, I think uh, encouragement is key. Because I do believe in our society, even in the Christian world, that many people struggle with a lack of confidence. And just to I, have someone believe in themselves, believe in them is really, really valuable. And I could, I could share multiple names of people who, at mm. one point or another, people believed in me. And when I look back to where I am, where I am now to where, where I began, it's like, I don't know how I got here, but I know I got here um, through the Lord's direction, but also on the backs of a lot of people. So um, your words are really encouraging. Mm. Uh, as, as I mentioned in the in the introduction, you are the first female program director for K-Love and Air One. That's, that's an impressive accomplishment. Um, does that bring uh, added pressure to you, or is that a mantle you, you, uh, you're proud of and that you use mm. to encourage others? I think it's, I always laugh and tell them I can't, it took too long and not because it's a woman, but because radio is programmed to women. So to right. have a man, have a man making decisions on what a woman would like, it's just funny that it took, but it just, I mean, it's just the way that it is. Um, so I'm glad it happened. Jim is, Jim was a great supporter of me, but there were also a lot of other people in this building that said, yeah, she can do it. Um, and I doubt myself. I think that's something that I still doubt, especially with the percentage of, of women in, in any, in any, you know, job really, but especially in, in broadcasting, especially in Christian broadcasting, there's a lot of the percentage of men to women in leadership is, is drastic. Um, yeah. so I still feel like, well, maybe I don't know what I'm doing, but I do. And, um, I have a good gut and, and we do a thing here at, at K-11 Air One called gut and verify with everything. Um, yeah. we, we go on gut and then we verify it with research and what does the listener want? Um, cause I don't want to give the listener what they, what I think they want. I want to give them what they actually want. So, 
I'm, I'm excited to have this role and I'm excited that, that, yeah, I'm excited that I'm a woman that's doing that. That's kind of cool, especially at this, that's level. It's just kind of unheard of in, in broadcasting with the exception of a few great women that we kind of have already formed a, a group to kind of keep us strong. So that's great. Now, if, if I didn't know better, you saw my questions in advance, but I know you didn't because I didn't give them to anybody. <laughs> but, but, but my really ne- my next question, really, I wanted to go down the path because I, I know radio is aimed largely at women. Mm-hmm. And, that, and so how do you connect with women across the country and bring them hope in what is really a difficult world? Huh. You know, the the word connect, and you've said it a couple times, that is our word inside the building for my staff on both Caleb and Air One is the word connect this year. How are we going to connect with our listener in a real, relatable, authentic way? Because look at the year we just came out of. Connection is hard. Connection yeah. is, is, is hard when people are empty. And that's what we really felt. And I always say air one was built for 2020. I didn't know it, but God did a, a worship station that people can just come and be filled up. And, and Caleb to the same extent is, is that place where they feel safe and they feel loved. They don't feel judged. They feel encouraged. And yeah. so what I tell my team every day is find a way to connect with them. And, and sometimes that's through something super silly. And sometimes that's through something super spiritual. And sometimes that's just through admitting the fact that you were crying in a grocery store parking lot to bring it, you know, all back around and and being okay with that. And I remember the first time uh, I had a boss call me in and go, Hey, um, what's going on with you? And I go, nothing. I'm fine. Like, didn't you hear my show? It did a great show. It talked about all the stuff. He goes, yeah, you talked about stuff that was fine, but what's really going on. And I started to cry because what was really going on that day was, I was mad at my kids and I dropped them off at the four-way stop by their school. Normally I would drive them all the way up to school, but I was so mad and frustrated and felt so much like a bad parent. And I just said, get out. You're getting out right here. You just walked to school. And he said, you need to share that. And I said, no, people will judge me. And he said, no, you need to share that. Hmm. And so I did. And, um, and I have, I was overwhelmed at the response from people that said, you have no idea it's a vulnerable place to be because we live in a society now where you're judged for everything you say, you know, you really are. And it's a vulnerable place to be. And and we have to, there's a lot of minds that we have to kind of work our way around. Um, But I can think of that instance specifically in another instance where I shared um, when the me too thing was coming out and I, I shared about something that that happened inside the church and said, Hey, let's talk about this in a way that I I didn't want to. Um, but also was that safe spot for people to just come in now, granted, I also want to talk about like hot dogs some days, you know, but there's other days, but I think that's where you form real connection is going. I'll talk about you on hot dogs. And then some days we're going to talk about stuff that hurts. Um, but in Christian radio, you have to do that because, you, you have to have a balance, but you also have to be willing to go to places that are vulnerable or, or you, especially in, in Christian radio where you're, where you're trying to raise money, right? So we're listener supported. And if listeners aren't connected with you, they're not going to support you. You know, you're not going to support right. a place you never go to and never feels like they care about you. Um, and that's really important. And so an authentic connection is what I'm trying to get out of my jocks every day. They do a great job of it. It's hard. 
especially in today's world. It's, it's been harder increasingly every single year because you can say one thing, no one's ever going to like you. Not everyone, not, I, I believe this, but it's, I want everybody to like me. <laughs> not Everybody's going to like you all the time, but right. there's also the difference of people are going to judge you for everything you say and being okay. Just going, I still need to say this because even if it helps one person, it's worth it. Has it grown more difficult to uh, be authentic and real on, on air? Yes. Yes. And I've talked to people outside of Christian radio. Um, no one is as hard on their, on their people as Christians are on other Christians. And, and I don't right. know why that is, but it is the truth. I've talked to people outside of, of Christian radio and they're like, yeah, we don't get that. We get complaints, but we don't get, and I get it. You know, I understand why we do. We want we want to hold each other to a high standard, but it's, it's rough. I shield my team from stuff that can mess with their heads. Um, jocks, disc jockeys, painters, people on performance singers, we're all fragile snowflakes, right? We're putting our art out there for you to judge every day. Right. So I try right. to protect them from as much as I can. If it's something that I feel like maybe imagine being judged for every word that comes out of your mouth for six hours a day, they hear everything. And you're like, Oh, you sometimes you're going to misstep and you're going to say stuff that's wrong. And and um, I've done that before and I've had to apologize. I don't mean, you know, we don't ever intend to hurt. So it's been increasingly harder. I will say that I've tried to shield them as best I can to give them the security to be able to talk about what they need to talk about. So I have tried my best to do that. It doesn't always work, but <laughs> we're trying. Well, let's, let's step back uh, several years, maybe decades um, and go back to your time at Cedarville. Mm -hmm. So um, when I came to Cedarville to work here, um, WCDR was still here. We yeah. were probably just about to, just about to sell it to Caleb, but we still <laughs> owned it. So did you work at CDR? I didn't. I worked uh, for the campus radio station, um, which was not online at the time. Um, it was, I think, U99.5 is what it was when I was there. Uh, late 90s, early 2000. Um I did. And I loved it. I did mornings. Uh, most days I came in with a towel on my head um, <laughs> and like my hair not done and makeup. I've, oh, I've gotten, I'm sure that there are a lot of people that knew me at Cedarville and even my early days in radio that were like, how is she a boss? Like she couldn't even get her <laughs> a towel on her head. My car got stolen in the early 2000s when I was working at this radio station. And I was most upset that I lost like eight or 10 towels out of my car because I would come with a towel on my head every morning, not even ready for the day. So I've done a lot of growth in that area, but, um, but that was a great training ground for me to, to figure out and to fall in love with radio. We talked about, uh, some of your professors, uh, mm. Dr. Fibbs, Mr. Light, Mr. Leitenheimer, um, who are some of the, uh, students that you rub shoulders with, uh, that even today are in your profession that you stay connected with? I literally just had a conversation with a girl that's very well known and a, a, a a big alumnus. Um, but she and I had a, not an altercation, but we had something at Cedarville that I have felt horrible about for 20 years. Right. Um, so in May, Paula Ferris and I met for the first time, uh, although yeah. we had worked since college. Um, and we had lots of like her husband and my roommate, my roommate dated her cut. It's, you know, all those like weird connections, but I was in um, chapel. We were recording um, chancellor. It was Dr. Jeremiah at the time. 
And um, he was speaking and I was on the camera that was up in the balcony and Paula was directing chapel that day and they put it on my camera and my heel got caught in my shoe and I fell off the chair and the camera went whoop and like went completely off the screen. And I just, Paula was uh, furious. She handled it really well, but you could tell she was really mad at me. I was embarrassed. I fell off my chair never talked about it again. She doesn't remember a second of that. It's haunted me for 20 years. So we meet, um, we meet a couple months ago and she and I had, I love her. And so we got to talk for a little bit. She uh, has a podcast with, with, mm-hmm. um, access more, which is a brand of right. air ones. And, um, she and I talked for a while she goes, girl, I never remember that, but I would love to get to know you now. And so she's one of them. Um, joy summers, who's at at way FM. We didn't go to school together, but we have stayed connected. Steve shore, who's at way FM, Todd stack, um, several people in the radio industry that we've just kind of kept in contact with each other because we all, we all kind of get it, um, and get what radio is about, but also have a great fondness for our time. Um, yeah. especially in the broadcasting department at Cedarville. Uh, I only have time for another question or two. Um, what advice would you give to aspiring students who want to get into the radio profession or broadcast media in general? I think broadcast media is so broad now. There's so many ways. I don't want to lose the heart. And I think radio is such a beautiful megaphone for so many things. And, and for so many years, especially the last 20 years, all I heard was radio is about to die. Radio is about to die. Radio is still uh, one of the most used forms of media, like a couple of years, 2019, before the pandemic, uh, nine, some like 92% of people use the radio on a weekly basis. That's huge. That's way higher than what TV is and some of the other things. So radio is still a very viable, um, business and especially Christian radio. And I'm so thankful for that. So what I would say to people that are looking to get involved is, is, do it. Like, don't, don't let talk yourself out of thinking, Oh, it's not going to be around. It won't be here. There are just as important. Listen, I did not get into radio to be on video. Like I really don't, I hate, I hate video, (laughs) but now it's part of our job, right? So there's so many jobs in video and we have a Cedarville alum that, uh, is his name's Jake. And he came from, um, he came to us just about about a year ago. And he's an amazing social media producer for our, for our teams. Um, we have so much video and, and now we're really expanding. Caleb and and everyone are more than just radio. Now it's books and it's movies and it's, it's lots of things. So we are, um, I would say to you, if it's a passion for you to be in radio or to even try to talk to people, to connect with people, do it because you, you won't regret it. And talent is so desperately needed. That's the one, the talent well is very shallow, uh, in radio. You're talking to the same couple of people every couple of years. Like you want to leave your job. You want to, you know, you want to come over here because we just desperately need people that know how to connect with a listener. Um, and and we don't have a lot of that. So we're looking for the next crop and Cedarville always brings amazing talent. Why is that? Why do you think that's the case? I think honestly, I think a lot of it is Mr. L like Jim Lightnimer is a fantastic resource and he encourages you in a way to where you feel like, well, maybe I could do this. Um, and he just knows how to scope out talent. And so I'm, I don't know why that is, but it also is one of the best programs. And I've been to a lot of other schools and seen a lot of other things. It's one of the best programs around. If you want to jump into the radio world. 
Yeah, and I, uh, Jim Leitenheimer is a seated old treasure, and I hope he's, <laughs> I hope he, I hope he stays with us for a long time. Um, <laughs> never leave. Never leave. So, uh, Mandy, our time is up. I have one final question that I ask my guests uh, at the mm-hmm. end, and that is at the core of this podcast is to tell Cedarville stories for God's glory. How do you hope or believe you are bringing God glory through your life and ministry? I mean, I think by us talking these last few minutes, you know that there's a lot of days where I doubt that I'm doing that. I, I never feel like I'm doing enough. Um, but I do feel like pouring out myself every day to people that need to be encouraged, even if it's a little bit, you always hear people say, if you just send somebody a text, you never understand how much that can help them, that can give them hope, that can let them know that they're loved. And that's what I get to do every day in a weird way. I'm sending people a little love text to go, Hey, you're worth it. You matter. You're enough. And you are loved by a God. There's, there's a line in a song that we're playing right now that I just, I said, even at my worst, even at my worst, he loves me. Like you could be the worst version of yourself in your head and you are loved more than you can ever imagine. There is a beauty in that. And I hope, and I don't always get it right, but I hope that uh, I'm bringing that to people and I'm shining the spotlight back to God. Keep uh, moving forward, Mandy. You have a great Thank ministry. You. Your, your heart is uh, contagious and it's been my pleasure to get to know you briefly and have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me today on Cedarville Stories Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories Podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.